If you're ready to create more wealth and success in your life than ever before, this podcast is for you. Robert Allen, New York Times bestselling author and real estate investing expert, has helped thousands of people learn how to accumulate wealth and multiply it quickly through real estate investing. If you're ready to move forward faster and create the wealth you've always dreamed about, then we have exactly what you need on No Money Down with Robert Allen. Hello, everyone. My name is Marjorie Roman, and welcome back to another episode of Creating Wealth with the amazing one and only Robert Allen. Thank you so much for coming today. Hey, Marjorie. (laughs) And today we're super excited because we're going to talk about um, finding deals before they hit the market. So what are some of the tools that uh, you've been using to find those deals? Remember, the three fundamental principles or skills you need as a real estate investor, you need number one, you need to learn how to find deals. Number two, you need to learn how to fund those deals when you find them. And then once you when you own it, what are you going to do with it? How do you farm it? You're either going to rent it out, fix it up, whatever, or you're going to flip it. You're going to get rid of somebody else. Fix and flip is what they call. So most people do it just backwards. They say, I want to go buy some real estate. Therefore, I need to prepare myself so I can fund it. So I got to go raise the down payment. I got to get fix up my credit. I got to you know, get some assets so that I look better to the banker. And they do fund it, find it, farm it. And that's backwards. And most people are trained wrong. And and I hear this all the time. You know, the real estate market is going like crazy. I got to learn how to fix my credit and save my down payment. Wrong. You need to learn how to find good deals first. And so there, there are many ways of finding good deals. There are actually nine ways of finding good deals. Okay. Today, we're going to be talking about a way before those deals become public. So how do deals become public? Well, somebody is notified by a realtor. The realtor says, I'd like to list your property. The seller says, okay, I'd like to sell it. So now it becomes part of the multiple listing service. Therefore, it's public. All realtors in the city know about it. In fact, all realtors and, and investors in the in the United States can know about it because it becomes a matter of public knowledge. Or I can have the problems that are notified at the county courthouse. That's public knowledge. Uh, people who are being divorced, people who are being sued, bankruptcy, liens filed against their properties. This is all a matter of public knowledge. And this is good, you know, when, when that comes about. You need to go in and find those people. And there are ways of finding properties after they have become public knowledge. When they put a for sale sign out, that's public knowledge. Everybody knows. What we're talking about today is how do you find a property before everybody knows, before the realtor has listed it, before it gets published in the the county courthouse, before there's a for sale sign that goes up on it. How do you do that? Well, that takes... Some digging, frankly, because sometimes just like a realtor is trying to find somebody who is trying to sell a property to list it, they're probably finding somebody before it's been public knowledge. So the realtor, they're doing their research to find somebody who has that property available for sale. So I've taught many ways of doing it. The first way is what I call the buying farm, which means you pick a a target territory in your city. And you literally drive through that target territory. It's about a mile by a mile square. And therefore, it's in a location that you would like to buy in. Maybe it's below a university. Maybe it's near a factory where people would want to live. And therefore, you say, well, this will be my buying pharma. So you literally drive up and down the 
the marketplace in this little area. When a for sale sign goes up, it's usually the very first person who sees it is the person who probably is going to take advantage of that. And sometimes they list properties before the realtor sees them. Uh, the realtor wants it to be listed, it's, therefore it's a publicly listed property, but you want a for sale by owner, by owner mm -hmm. an FSBO. For sale by owner is trying to sell it themselves. So remember, it hasn't come yet on the, on the tr traditional public market. It, maybe they're going to run an ad in their Facebook. You know, maybe they're going to put a little uh, a sign in the window for sale. Mm -hmm. It's before it's been professionally publicly listed. So I want to find a for sale by owner. Or I want to be like the realtor and find them before they even thought they were going to sell. Hmm, how do I do that? Well, that means I have to outreach to them. Or I, have, I want them to reach me. So if I run an advertisement, if I do a Facebook ad, if I do a Google ad, if I uh, post my, my, uh, my ad uh, somewhere on, on the internet, I'm saying... Let's say you're doing it on your Facebook, maybe not even a Facebook ad, but you're doing on a Facebook, you're posting it and you're saying, hey, by the way, I just came into some money. Uh, my grandfather just passed away and left me $50,000. I'm looking for a real estate deal. Um, I'd prefer to find somebody who has never listed their property for sale because then I can negotiate and I get to save myself and I get to save the seller a commission because the realtor is going to take 6% right off the top. Mm -hmm. Hey, what if, what if you reached out to me and didn't have to pay that 6%? Call me. And so you're now reaching out to find people who are, who may have never thought they would sell, but when they saw your Facebook post, they go, hmm. Then they call you, they email you, they Facebook you, and now you're finding properties that are not yet public. So you're advertising to find them before they come online, right? Now, there are, there are programs that I love that, anybody can use to find properties that are the right type of property, that are, especially if you like to fix up properties, you can literally order a, a free service that's free for a couple of weeks and it'll charge you money for like 100 bucks a month, a free service that shows all of the properties that are listed through the public listing service. And that's a, a program called Privy. And Privy is a way for you to find listed properties in many other par uh, uh, markets in the United States. Usually when you have a friend who's a realtor, they'll show you the properties that are listed in your city, but Privy shows you properties that are listed in dozens of cities around the United States. So you get to see properties that, that people that live in your city never see. And so this is if it's publicly listed, but there are other programs uh, another one that I call is called Real E-Flow. Uh, real E-Flow means real estate. E-Flow means E, you know, online and flow. How do you get to see every property that's available for sale in the United States, even if they're not listed with a public service? Or how do you find properties that are owned by people who are out of state, who are going into foreclosure, who have high equity, who are renting it, and they're not, they're the owners. In other words, there is a series of filters you can put on any city you want to invest in. It'll tell you the properties that are not even on the market yet. 
And I would re recommend you go to Realty Flow or Privy is the one that's listed for realtors or people who are listed with a multiple listing service. Um, PropStream is another one. There are a lot of them that are out there. But remember, when I got started, there's none of this stuff. We just had to go dig them out ourselves, onesies and twosies. But with these public services, it'll give you, well, it doesn't actually give you the, the contact number for the seller, the owner, for the owner. You don't know they're a seller yet. But if you skip trace it, that means there is a way to get the actual telephone number of the owner of that property before that's even listed. And now you can text them. So suppose you get 10 records, 100, 100 records, maybe 1,000. You get 1,000 records all around the United States from properties that are not yet listed, but that fit the certain criteria. You want something that's below a certain price point. You want something that's um, that, that um, comparative to the ones that have just been fixed up are a little bit lower than that. So if you fix them up, you can make a profit. You want something that's owned by an out-of-state owner. You want something that's vacant. You want something that has lots of equity in it. You could put a filter in like that, and it'll bring up a 1,000 properties around the United States. Now, I skip trace all 1,000 of them. That means I, pay, I, pay, I spent 10 cents to get a 1,000 telephone numbers. How much is that? 10 cents times 1,000, that's 100 bucks. So for 100 bucks, I get the, the contact information of 1,000 people. And I text them all and I say, hey, you might not be ready to sell, but I'm ready to buy. This is before the realtors even talk to them. That's right. And I feel like um, also another way to um, have all of those deals come into you even before they're in the market, it's by having uh, really good relationships with some realtors that may be creative as you are. Um, I was listening oh, but, to... But remember, we want to talk about before we get to the realtor. That's right. I, I, I don't want to talk to the realtor, actually. Um, of course, if my realtor is sharp and in, investor-minded, I love that. But 90% of the realtors are not. Mm -hmm. They are residential-minded, meaning they want to sell to a homeowner or a home buyer. I don't want that. I want, I'm a home buyer, but I want to rent it out. I'm, a, I'm an investor. So I want to reach them before. So let me, let me give you an another technique. My wife and I are looking for a home just recently. Oh, wow. Yeah. During COVID, we'd moved from California to Utah. We researched all the neighbors. We found a neighborhood we loved. It was a hot neighborhood. Nobody was selling. No for sale signs, nowhere. No realtors that had researched out, talked to these sellers, got them to list it. So what we did, since nobody was selling, there were 50 homes in this neighborhood, and it's a gorgeous neighborhood. Beautiful homes, the best. Mm -hmm. We just wrote 25 letters, same letter. We put them on the doors of 25 of the homes. Oh. Now, that never works, does it? Never. Because usually the families have friends that who have said, well, if you ever sell, you need to contact me because I want to <laughs> own in that neighborhood. But this family was slightly different. And when they got our letter on their door, they hadn't yet listed their property. They were just thinking that it moved into another place and they were just kind of cleaning it out, hadn't yet listed it. They knew it would be better if it was empty when they showed it. So they got our letter and it was like, godsend. It was like, I get to save a commission. I could save 60, 80,000 bucks. So yeah, they responded to my letter. They said, yeah, we're willing to sell. They sold at a price that was very good. 
Very good. That property, since we know what happened to COVID, that property has gone up 50% since we bought it. And how do we find it? Well, we used a creative way. And, and I'm not suggesting that you use that technique. It might work for you. It might not. It was one out of 25. It was five, you know, 4%. Pretty good response rate. But we got zero response from the other 20, 25, 24 letters. But I'm asking you to put your thinking cap on. You say to yourself, if, if, I, if I owned a property and I didn't want to list it, if I did want to save myself a commission, if I wanted to sell, how would I sell it? You know, where would I go? Well, you might, you might run an ad. Therefore, you would, you know, as a buyer, you would respond to their ad, right? That's creative. Um, another way to do that is to contact the bank who owns these properties after they've been foreclosed on. This is before it's public knowledge. Well, not really. It's not really before public knowledge because if it's a foreclosure, it has been notified at the bank. However, once it's gone through foreclosure and that is no longer a public record, it's been done, it's been cleaned off, the bank took it back. And many of the properties that are listed as foreclosures and go to a foreclosure sale go back to the bank. There wasn't enough equity in there. The investors who were trying to negotiate and buy it on the, on the, on the auction block, they thought, no, it's not enough equity. I don't, I don't make enough money. I'm not going to dump a lot of cash into that. So the bank gets it back. Well, they don't want it. And now it's private knowledge again. Mm -hmm. The bank knows it. They want to get rid of it. They don't want to own a property. That's right. And you just found uh, Don't Wonder, but in this case, it's not a homeowner. Yeah, it's wonder. a bank. It's a bank. Don't the bank wonder. doesn't want it. And therefore, you say to the homeowner, or I'm sorry, the bank, you say to the bank, you have several properties, I imagine. Mm -hmm. What's the one you're having the hardest time getting rid of? What's the one that's the biggest headache for you? What's the one that if you got rid of it, it would make you really happy? What's the worst one you have on your list. <laughs> Literally, you go to there. Why? Because everybody's going to them just the opposite. They're saying, what's the best deal you got? What's the one with the most equity? What's the one where I can make the most amount of money? That's not what they want to hear. Now, those are easy. You want them the hardest problem. Give me the, your biggest headache. And you may not be able to solve it, but just asking that question puts you in a totally different category than everybody else is calling them. Because they realize you have their best interest heart. This is an employee of a bank that really doesn't, that, that, that does well as an employee when they solve the bank's problems more quickly. So help them solve their problems, they'll help you solve yours. We could go on for hours on creative ways of finding sellers who haven't sold yet. Uh, let me tell you, uh, one. let's see, we got time for one more? Let me give you yes, one more quick definitely one. have time for Here, one It's a property that's a dog. <laughs> Nobody wants it. It's the, the grass is high. It's run down. It's a dog. And there's nobody buying it, right? Nobody wants it. Why don't you put a sign in the window that says, if you'd like to buy this property, call me. Well, but you don't own it. Yeah, but whoever wants to buy it is going to call you, right? So once they call you, you just say, well, how much are you willing to offer for this property? It's not even listed. It's not even available for sale. And they say, well, we'd pay 50,000 in cash for it, 150, 200, I don't know, what the, whatever the number is. And, and you say, thank you very much. Uh, let me think on that. And when everybody calls, when they're calling on that number, you're getting the names of people with cash. This is your buyer's list. <laughs> and now you call the seller, you skip trace the seller. You find out who it is. You say to them a price that's 
higher than what your other people are willing to pay, you'd say, got some cash? Would you take X? Would you take lower than what the other people are willing to sell it for, for cash? Would you close out here quickly? And the bottom line is they say yes to that. Then guess what? You say, well, write me an offer. I mean, I'll write you an offer. You, you agree to it. Now you own it, essentially. You own it for a period of time until you go to the other person who wanted to buy it. You flip it to them. Now you flip it a property to, to them that you don't even own. All you do own is the right to buy it. That's right. And They're now you flip it to them. to them. Yeah. They pay you a higher price than you've negotiated with the seller. You flip it. You know, you, you're, you're, you're wholesaling it is what they really call it. You're wholesaling it. And you end up with a chunk of cash on a property that was not listed, that nobody knew about, but everyone wanted to buy, wanted to buy one. They saw the sign. Mm -hmm. Is that legal to do? I don't know, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I don't know. Check with your own attorney on that one. But mm -hmm. I know some people, that's what they do exclusively. It's a hot way to find great leads. Really hot. So anyway, that's my suggestion to you. That's right. And then again, it comes down to being creative. I mean, even though the market may change favorable to sellers or favorable to buyers, still, there are so many different ways for you to be creative with your deals and make sure that you get the best out of them. There you go. Thank you so much again, Robert. And thank you to our audience for staying tuned to our podcast. We're going to see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.